You join us here on our perch at the far end of the bar. Evening, Mitch. How are you? There's Benny Boy. What are you doing? Uh, well, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm reeling. I am reeling from momentous news. Momentous news? Well, you, you've seen it. It's been all over everywhere. Um, the news about the ants. Right. You didn't see um, the news about... Oh, for goodness sake. Well, where have you been, man? This must have passed me by. I'll tell you what I think about ants. What? Right pain in the backside. We've got, like, the world's biggest, or maybe second biggest, ant hill in the bottom of our garden. And no matter what I do, I cannot get rid of it. it just when, you say, when you say the world's second biggest ant hill, mm. the last it, Indiana Jones film, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, Mm. I seem to remember there's a whole sequence set um, in an ant field, which is a bit like right. a minefield, but made by ants, with colossal yeah. structures, with ants the size of a Buick Swan. I think that one is slightly, slightly bigger than the one in my garden, but there's not much in it. <laughs> okay. But are <laughs> the ants that big? Yeah, they're scary ants. Are the, they? The cats won't go near them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, do you know, uh, apparently, uh, this is what I've been hearing, uh, the radio and the, the, um, the television has been telling me this this week, that there are, and I can't quite comprehend this number, mm. 20 quadrillion, 20 quadrillion ants on the earth. Who's been counting well, this is Well, this is my question. How do you do, you say to a scientist, here's a research grant. They love that, don't they? Yeah. Here's a research grant. What I want you to do mm. is I want you to count the ants. How many ants right. are on planet Earth? And here's what the scientists do, right? They take the research grant money. Yeah. They pop down to the nearest hardware stop, uh, shop. Right. Right, they stop buy shop, the stop shop, hardware stop, stop shop. Yep. The swap shop stop yep. from, for the hardware. I know it well. Just next door to Screwfix. They buy four bits of two by two <laughs> and they make a square, right? Yes. And then they put it on the ground and they count whatever is in the middle of the square and then they multiply their answer by the amount of those squares there are in the world. And then they go to the pub and they get absolutely hammered on the rest of the research grant money. <laughs> and six months later, they come up with a report... <laughs> it's basically maths. They've counted something and they've multiplied it, and then they write some other stuff to justify, you know, what they've uh, what they've spent the money on. When in fact, it's mostly six x. That sounds plausible to me. I, did you do ant biology uh, numeracy at mm. uh, wherever it was that you went? And I've, I've, I mean, any numeracy I've ever done has not gone well. No, no, apart from putting, you know, five-bar gates on the cell wall. Yeah, I remember. Um, two things that strike me when you were telling me that. That that square thing reminded mm. me of the press that you used to have to put wooden tennis rackets in. Oh, yes. Which I'd forgotten all about, and I think the whole of the yeah. tennis community had forgotten that. I don't think old Roger Federer does that, does he? And not well, he doesn't, doesn't anymore. He's packed it in. Uh, yeah. Probably fed up with carrying his... Tennis, tennis, tennis press, press around with him. Can you put graphite in the tennis press? This is, uh, these are the questions that need answering. Well, indeed. But the, the thing was, that, I mean, I didn't play a lot of tennis. Didn't you? Know, you? Well, you know, one or two Wimbledons, but that was yeah. enough. 
once you've been there, you've had the strawberries, the champagne, the cream, and they won't let you on the court, even if you take your own racket. No. And I had my racket with I've me. I've got a press, in, though. Look, I'm a well, pro. You're exactly. Brought, I had my I've tennis a, racket in my press. And they said, no, I'm sorry, we've gone to carbon fibre. You're a little out of date. So, but the thing about that press was that, as I seem to remember, that the moment that you put your racket in it, because if you had the old wooden racket, if you left it out of the press, it would just bow and warp, mm. especially if you'd been playing in the rain. Uh, mm. The thing about that press was it would make your racket twice as heavy as it was previously. You were supposed to take it off before you tried to play. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's where I was going wrong. I needed you by my side at the time, my wingman yeah. on a tennis court. You should have rung. <laughs> I should have rung. Now, the other thing, the other thing uh, that struck me while you were talking about the scientists there was mm -hmm. that once they got the grant, my thought was... If they were asked to count all the ants in the world, surely the first thing that they would have spent some of that money on was a very large room. Mm. And then sending out invitations. Come and join us. How big a room would you need to put all the ants... Well, that's my question, haven't I, really? Because you would need a room the size of planet Earth. Because <laughs> apart from the poles, yeah. uh, the Arctic and the Antarctic, the ants are everywhere. I'm now remembering... Was it Ants? I'm now remembering a terrible film with Joan Collins. Oh, well, I, I've narrowed it down to a few. <laughs> yeah, which one? <laughs> I'm now remembering a film in which I think she played a scientist. So there was an awful lot of acting going on. Goodness me, that's um, a stretch, isn't it? Isn't, I mean, you know, isn't there a, respect, it, was but... it Bees or Ants? I mean, there's the, the scariest film in the world. Mm. Uh, that was ever created was a film called Them. Okay. Which I saw as a small boy, black and white, uh, American classic from the 1950s. Um, uh, during the time when they made an awful lot of horror films off the back of the atom. So okay. The Incredible Shrinking Man, which is a great film. You've seen that, haven't you? No. Nope. Oh, for God's sake, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> the Incredible Shrinking Man was about... Uh, uh, is the clue... It's in the title. It was about... Was it about a man who got ever smaller? Very good. I like the way you How pick up on these things. It's yeah. sharp as a pin. Not just a pretty face. Um, he was out on a boat uh, with his wife, and mm. she went down to make some sandwiches. I kid right. you not. And he's up on the... What's the top bit of the boat called? Deck. That's it. He's up there, and suddenly this shimmering cloud comes towards him and passes over him mm. and as it passes away she comes up with the sandwiches now he's right. been covered with this silver shimmering cloud yeah and all she's got is tuna and cucumber <laughs> so it's not what you need is no, it in the situation and not gonna, when there's no kind of medicine really there for <laughs> when you've been irradiated <laughs> The tuna and the if anything, tuna's maybe even going to add to the problem. It probably would. Yeah. Uh, by the time he gets home, he's 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 feeling a bit strange. And mm. over the next weeks and months, he starts to notice that his uh, shirts are getting bigger. Okay. And they have arguments about the fact that she's replacing his clothes with bigger clothes. Mm. Uh, but of course, he's shrinking, and he shrinks and he shrinks and he shrinks. This he's is all. Slowly... 
down to uh, oh, oh, he, he eventually I mean that he eventually is living in a doll's house mm. and speaking of very high voice like that very quietly and she can't oh. hear him because he's got a tiny little voice like that yeah. he's living in a doll's house is is the she sorry I've, I've lost track is the she Joan Collins no no this I've got off I've got off on a tangent here I'll get back to Joan and the ants in a minute Okay, but it's all got to do with the fact that there was an awful lot of atomic um, uh, horror films made, mm. uh, the Age of the Atom. Um, but it, this is great because he gets smaller and smaller and smaller until he slips through the floorboards and ends up in the basement of the doll's house. No, of the, of house, the house, house of the house right. house, and uh, down there there is a dripping tank. Mm -hmm. um, now to uh, you and I and his lovely wife with the tuna and cucumber sandwiches um, this is just a drip but to him it's a tsunami and this oh this thing bursts and causes is a tremendous it? flood but the thing was in order in the 1950s in order to, to get the effect of the dripping water exploding like it did what did mm. they do? they filled condoms with water and dropped them onto the concrete and poof, just exploded. Really? Yes. They put the cheap condoms, did they? I would have said, excuse me, what's the make of that condom? I don't want any of them. Yeah. Uh, and then he has a fight with a spider and he eventually becomes an atom and goes off into the atom wow. sphere. They took it all the way then. Oh, it, oh absolutely. Yes. Mm. Yeah, there was no happy ending in this. He didn't suddenly, um, you know, grow again. Oh, and he had all these problems, and his wife would only ever make him tuna and cucumber sandwiches. Uh, I think well, that was the whole problem. Okay. In fact, I don't think it had anything to do with atoms or the silver cloud which passed mm. over him. It was all down to the fish. Okay, now quickly run me through Joan Collins. The I Joan don't remember Collins much about the, the Joan Collins or thing. the bees. Uh, but the, the, I, I, I've gone off on several tangents here. Joan okay. Collins made uh, a film, I think, which involved. Uh, the world being taken over by ants. And mm. there was a w magnificent film called Them, which again had to do with uh, atomic experiments, underground atomic experiments, which then irradiated the ants and they became right. giants. And da -da 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 -da. But the first 15 minutes of Them, when mm. you're a nine-year-old boy, absolutely terrifying. Okay. Terrifying until you see the ants. And, well, then, and then it's like hilarious. Oh, well, <laughs> even at nine, you went, oh, well, that's all right then, because they're just, you know, that's not even as scary as Stingray. Excellent. <laughs> well, now, um, you, you, you may have noticed a few changes around the old place. Well, yes, you're on the wrong side of the bar. What are you doing over there? Well, uh, the previous landlord who used to serve us the drinks in the, uh, the rat and thistle. Yes. Uh, he's been arrested. Oh, um, <laughs> Apparently he's been embezzling six x, so I've taken over. I'm the new landlord, the barman, mine host, your host, someone's host. I am the host, um, and uh, you're very welcome well, to my pub. Does, so does, what does, can I get for you? Well, I, I was just, I, I, I was just thinking, I'm a mine host. I'm obviously going to get me because you're a buddy of mine. I'm going to get free drinks now. Uh, well, now I don't know if you've been. Uh, reading recently about the rise in the energy prices. Ah. So I was going to offer you free drinks, but unfortunately, 
Um, despite the help from our generous and wise government. Oh, something stuck in my throat. What, what the, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, I felt um, that as well. Um, despite that help, I'm still going to have to charge you. Uh, mates rates. Mates rates. I'm, gi- I'm giving you mates rates. And, um, and free... Uh, stale crisps, free crisps. Stale <laughs> crisps. Those blown packets. <laughs> I'll tell you what I fancy. Mm. And I thought about this afternoon. I had a taste for it. I've had a taste for it ever since I came out. Mm. Um, Mrs. Lewis bought a packet of malted milk, malted biscuits. Ooh, malted milk biscuits. Yeah. Are you a malted milk man? I don't. I'm not sure. I've ever. I've, I know the song. I've, I've been drinking moulded milk, <laughs> like a bluesy number, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, um, but I'm not sure. I've, uh, the biscuit, the malted biscuit, uh, and I'm not. I'm not a not a big fan. It wouldn't be the my biscuit of choice. Mm. Uh, I'm more of a rich tea man. Something you can dunk in a cup of tea. Um, rich tea, really? Yeah, of plain, all the very biscuits. plain. Oh, I, there's uh, there's many many biscuits. Uh, uh, the crunch cream is my f- absolute favourite, but I'm not allowed the those. crunch cream. Yeah. Custard cream, uh, custard or cream, the crunchy as well. custard cream. Yeah, born uh, the uh, bourbon biscuit as well. They do a square. Have you seen that squarish bourbon biscuit that they do? That's some. That's not a bourbon biscuit. A bourbon biscuit is a rectangle. It's long. Yeah, there's a square one. There's a square one. That's completely wrong. Okay. Well, I won't order any, any of them. Anymore, anyway, cause... to get back to the malted, um, mm. uh, she had this this packet of unpacking the shopping. Uh, I watched. She'd been. I'd unpacked. Mm-hmm. Um, division of labour and all that. Yeah. Oh, and what, what she bought this week? Well, exactly. The the malted biscuit. <laughs> not keen on those. But then suddenly, I suddenly thought of and and here's where the drink comes in. Mm. I thought of Horlicks. Horlicks. Haven't thought of that for many a year. In fact, I don't think I've thought of Horlicks since my grand died. So, let me get this straight. You've come into my new pub. Yes. And the first drink you want to order from me by way of celebration is a bloody Horlicks. Indeed. Now, there is method in my madness here, because if I drink Horlicks all night long, by the time it gets to my round, I'll be asleep. Yeah. <laughs> but there are other oh. malted drinks, aren't there? See, I could the, add a little something to your Horlicks, perhaps. Well, ah, spiked Horlicks. Mm. There's Born Vita, which was something uh, way in the past. There was Ovaltine. They even had their yeah. own song. They um, did. Horlicks, Ovaltine, and, and, and drinking chocolate. Cocoa. See, you know the difference between cocoa and drinking chocolate? Um, go on, then. Um, oh, I thought you were going to tell me then. Because, um, well, drinking chocolate is sweet. It's got sugar in it. And cocoa is basically just... Just the chocolate. Just the, no, just the, 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 the cocoa from the cocoa plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the the drinking chocolate, I think they make pellets of chocolate and then they shave the pellets. Seems like a very labour-intensive way of making something, but they shave the... <laughs> they, get, they get the Turkish barbers in and they shave the pellets and uh, they turn it into drinking chocolate. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've... Uh, the cocoa. We used to... <laughs> a scout camp. We used mm. to have cocoa as our bedtime drink. Not drinking chocolate... Cocoa. Mm. It'll knock you out, wouldn't it? Oh, it's foul. Oh, just the worst thing. A bitter, horrible. Mm. Disappointing. We, and we never had milk. We always they always used to have that the tinned evaporated milk and they'd put that in your tea and cocoa. Oh man, and oh man. They say that, you know, 
life hasn't improved. Well, indeed. I mean, you know, if there's one way of measuring for sure that things have got better over the years, it's the fact that we no longer have to put up with cocoa with evaporated milk. Well, you say say that, but I hear a lot of people saying, I'd like to go back to the 1970s. I thought the 1970s were fantastic. Give me the three-day milk. I think three-day milk? The three-day milk? (laughs) The three-day week and the the, the evaporated milk in my cocoa. Have you uh, been reading this recently? The four-day week is becoming a thing. A lot of companies... Um, have been trialling it recently, so they're paying their workers the same amount of money. They're doing a day's less uh, worth of hours every week. Apparently, productivity has remained the same or gone up, um, and the workforce are generally happier, less stressed. They've got more time to be doing things that they enjoy, and that's benefiting their performance when they go back to work for I think I'd be in four favor days of a week. I would be in favour of the one-day week. Oh, yeah. As John I... Cleese once said, um, work is very much overrated. Mm. Uh, but the forty, but that, that's good. No, but that's a good thing. It's a good thing because um, if you go back to um, uh, Parkinson's law, mm. where he explains that work expands in uh, the space in which you have to complete it. So mm-hmm. if you've got an hour to do something, you do that job in an hour. And if mm-hmm. you've got two hours, then you spend two hours doing it and on and on and on like that. Right. So, you know, if you're refilling fountain pens, then you will either take five minutes or three days, depending on how long your boss tells you you right. have to complete your task. So I think you're right. I think I think the, the four-day week makes a lot of sense. I was going to say, I hope... I know, actually, that my boss does listen to our podcast. You know, boss? Uh, Eden boss. Um, so I was going to say, I hope he listens to this episode and hears about the uh, success of the four-day four week. week. But then the now you've introduced the concept of if you give someone an hour to do something, that's how long it will take. Ah. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't think I want him to listen to that. No, no, we'll maybe edit yeah. that bit out. That, that bit's not scientifically proven, though, no, is it? No, it wasn't. No. It was just a, it was a theory put about by troublemakers. Since disproved, I think. Yes, it was. Yes, tremendous. Debunked. Yes, debunked. Utter, utter nonsense. Indeed. Yeah. Yes. By the experts. <laughs> like um, having a happy country. That's been debunked, yeah. hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, I was going to offer you um, a, a rather stronger tipple than bloody Horlicks. No, I didn't uh, want I a bloody gonna... Horlicks. <laughs> a bloody Mary. is a Anyway, a bloody Mary Horlicks. Uh, that sounds like a disease. Oh. Um, so, now, where do you get your rum from? Funnily enough, Captain Morgan. Okay. He comes round uh, on a bike on a Friday night. Yeah, I, that's I the am, fish man. You've got him confused uh, Well, again. yes, he follows the fish man in. <laughs> uh, the thing about rum, I, 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 I've tried rum. Mm. It's one of those things that, I mean, there's there's the Bacardi rum, which Bacardi and Coke on a, you know. Not, um, not really. And then there's the dark rum. Mm, that's the good stuff. Is it? The dark spiced rum. That is the future. And you may think, obviously, you know, rum in uh, inextricably linked. Is that a word? Yes. In- linked, linked, yes. With uh, linked is definitely a word. I wasn't worried about linked. It was inextricably. I, I just feel it like cl- I It was up. close enough for a podcast. To Jamaica? Yes. Right. So. No, she went of her own accord. No. Jakarta, no, she won't. So, Barty V. 
uh, is um, a Welsh pirate. Right. From days of yore. Oh, from the days of piracy, uh, yes. Yeah. And um, he was well known as the first pirate to write the Pirate's Charter, which guaranteed every pirate on his boat got a fair divvy up of whatever spoils they came uh, across. Yeah. And he also uh, um, was the first person to invent a flag. So the skull and crossbones we know today is uh, thought to have kind of developed from the flag that he designed to fly on his boat. So, because there um, are all kinds of variations on the skull and crossbones, yeah, but they, all they, sorts, yeah, 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 it's yeah. like a ship's ensign, isn't it? They're all different, right? Yeah. He was uh, obviously from uh, Aberystwyth, little pirate jailer, and um, he wasn't actually, he was from somewhere called Little Newcastle in West. That doesn't Wales. work as well in pirate lingo, does it? Little Newcastle. <laughs> for uh, the um, no. rather lame uh, Aberystwyth joke. Anyway, so, um, a young man from the same area decided he wanted to make a rum and uh, he named it after Barty V, the Welsh pirate. And uh, my wife and I um, had some of this when we were on holiday in, in Wales region over the summer. And oh my giddy aunt... Uh, or in fact, oh my giddy wife by the end of it, what a delicious uh, drink that is so highly recommended, I can recommend these things now and if you're listening just send a bit more over because you know we've run dry Uh, it's made with seaweed get out of here, you can't make rum from seaweed it's not exclusive, seaweed is one of the ingredients and it gives it this wonderful velvety kind of uh, smooth texture. It's uh, honestly, it's absolutely delicious. It's the, by far the best dark spiced rum I've tried. So, and, and um, do you, you drink really it neat? You one of those? Uh, no. Well, with Coke or another mixer, or you could have it neat. You could have it neat. Yeah, it's lovely. It really is. So that's what you're having. That's what I'm having. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very and much for that. Pale crisps. Uh, and my, my, yes, my already opened soggy, I hate a soggy crisp. Uh, my already opened crisps. Uh, I'll tell you what is one step above uh, or below, depending on which way you want to go with the disappointment scale. So you've got your soggy crisp. That's yeah. very disappointing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a stale, chewy rice cake. Oh, I mean, rice cake's... At the best of times, aren't brilliant, aren't uh, they? When you say but best, when you're trying to be good to yourself you... and look after yourself a bit and eat a bit more healthily, you reach for the rice cake. You know it's going to be a little bit disappointing compared to the chocolate biscuit you could have had anyway. And then it turns out it's stale and chewy as well. I mean, uh, that's, that's because a... they've been hanging around in the cupboard since you bought them and you opened them. Yeah. You had one, you went, Ugh! yeah, and then made... you left it there for months, and then it got stale and soggy and horrible. You can get that they come, some of them come with a, like a chocolate dusting on them. A chocolate layer, the, the good ones. They oh, come I with the like chocolate, a there, there was like chocolate a, a caramel layer. dusting. Perhaps mm, I was yeah, buying the cheap ones. ones. Tell you an amazing thing about rice cakes never go mouldy and survive nuclear attacks. Um, as I understand it, absolutely. when Howard Carter opened the tomb of Tutankhamun, mm. <laughs> I'll let you finish that yourself. 
Well, uh, if I remember <laughs> rightly, the uh, the casket in which Tutankhamun was in was uh, slightly on the on the tip on the tip, wasn't because it? Because people had had their wobbly. fingers in his rice cakes. Well, no. So they'd used two rice cakes just to level up one corner. <laughs> And they were fine. And, and because it was nice and dry in there, they were <laughs> fine. If they'd gone soggy, that would have been it. All over. Um, All over. A little bit worried about my eldest, by the way. Well, what's, what, I think what's wrong with eldest? Well, or? Earlier on, I was saying, oh, I'm seeing Rich later, you know, what should we talk about? So here were his suggested topics. Oh, right. 16. 16? Okay. okay. 16. All right, right, okay. Suggested topics. How about the fuel bill cap? Nice. Or... Pros and cons of direct and representative democracy. Yes. Or are there more doors or windows in the world? Or, I like that one. Are there more eyes or legs in the world? The first two, I'm I'm genuinely worried. What is a 16-year-old doing suggesting those as topics? I think he needs to get out. Either that or stop him going to that youth club. Because it's obviously <laughs> not a youth club. It's the... <laughs> Conservative I mean, Party Club. He's um, got a girlfriend and everything. I don't oh, know what's what? going on there. A girlfriend? He but talks anyway. to. Th- well, anyway, I like the doors and the windows. That's very good because there's a lot of bricked up windows. There must be more windows there. I mean, I think that's a given. Uh, you would have you thought. At, you would have thought so. Depending on we, where you go, if you go around a castle oh, or some oh, of these old, old, very old medieval places, because don't forget they brought in the window tax. Mm, that's a good point. Anything that they can tax, they will. And I'd forgotten completely about the internal doors. Oh, oh, they, uh, oh game changer, they right? Are. Game changer. And how many cupboard? You've got to count the cupboard doors. How many cupboards have a window? Not many. Can I just suggest? Not many. That we end where the we began, <laughs> and we find those scientists that counted the ants. <laughs> We give them the research grant and say, right, yep. you've found the 20 quadrillion ants. Now mm-hmm. go out and count the doors and the windows. That's time at the far end of the bar. You've been listening to Richard Lewis and Ben Orr. If you enjoyed your time with us, please don't forget to like and subscribe to make sure you catch the next episode. And find us on all the socials. Just search hashtag TFEOTB or email us at the far end of the bar at gmail.com. Cheers! <laughs>